Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is Steven and I'm joined by my co-hosts John hey. and Chris, hey. along with our special guest today, Max. Hey. And uh, just a reminder, we are on a, uh, we're just coming back from a long break. We're on a bi-weekly schedule with a longer runtime per episode, so you can expect new episodes from us every other Friday. Um, thanks again for sticking around through that long gap, but now let's get into it. Uh, let's start off with our weekly roundup, where we tell you what decks we played against, what we did in Magic this week, or this past these past two weeks. Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Well... The uh, past two weeks, I've been playing a whole bunch of Arc Light Phoenix, and the first week at FNM, I went uh, three and one. I ever don't remember what I lost to. Convenient. But um, I think I lost round one, and then rallied back three in a row. Uh, <laughs> ended up beating the Arc Light Mirror, which Excellent. was a doozy. I drew a surgical attraction. He did not. Get wrecked. Seems seems relevant to the matchup. And then the next week I played it, I went uh, one and three. Straight opposite. Got trashed by uh, literally everything. Um, I lost the spirits twice in the same night. I don't know how that's possible. Everyone keeps telling me it's such a good matchup for me and I just lose anyway. I feel like I have this pretty good habit of losing my best matchups. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Don't do that. Yeah, um, you should avoid that at all costs. Do you win your bad matchups? Uh, uh, yeah, usually. Just find I mean, a deck that has only bad matchups. You'll be undefeated. I mean, I play Amulet, so... <laughs> <laughs> Messiah complex right there. Uh, yeah, so I played a little bit against uh, Shadow the other day, and so this is a... This, this, this game made me very, very pleased with myself. Um, because I... My opponent is at 10 life. And so I flip a thing in the ice to bounce his filthy goif out of the way. So you can't block my thing. And I have two phoenixes that I'm going to recur. But he, when I go to my combat step, he surgicals my phoenixes. <laughs> Going to eight. And he's like so fucking happy with himself. He's like, oh, I'd be, I'd gotcha, be so bitch. Happy. <laughs> I'm only going to go down to one. I'm going to play some big boy shadows and like you're going to feel like an idiot or whatever. But uh, what, what my opponent forgot was how I flipped my thing in the ice. Uh, I jump started a maximized velocity onto my thing in the ice. So it was eight power and he just died anyway. <laughs> Full speed ahead, Captain. <laughs> so, that was pretty sweet. Is that one of those, like, you're dead type things where the opponent doesn't realize they're actually dead? Well, I I guess. Like, he's oh, I'm going to search good phoenixes, I'm going to, like, get you, and it's like, nah, you're, you're already dead. <laughs> yeah, the deck is sweet. Um, you do a lot of adorable things. But then sometimes you also just don't do anything at all. Um, you know, as as per mono cantrip decks can do, you just cantrip into cantrips into cantrips into cantrips and never actually find action and you die. Or, or you have these games where you have like one threat. Like you have a thing in the ice and a bunch of cantrips. You play your thing on turn two, they answer it, and then you have nothing left and you're sad and you spin your wheels and then you die. 
Uh, this was evident against many games uh, against John on Swans, where it's like if I play a thing on turn two and flip it on turn three, I never lose. Yeah, if I play a thing on turn two and it gets spell snared, I never win. <laughs> That's correct. So spell I don't know. Snare MVP in that matchup. But I I don't think spell snare is particularly popular in the modern format at the moment. So if you're planning on playing arc light phoenixes, you're probably uh, in a good spot. Yeah, I found that deck to be really volatile, especially for a deck that's mono cantrips. I had games against them where I would just like meet them and then sideboard for Storm. And then game two, they'd like turn one Faithless Looting, discard two Phoenix. I was like, oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> they're like threat light and their mana seems to be kind of bad for a two color deck. So, which is really weird. Um, I, I think someone's mentioned this before. I don't know if John mentioned that he heard it from someone else, but the. <laughs> Fetching for shocks versus basics is like one of the hardest decisions <laughs> of yeah. playing the deck, and it matters a lot. Um, like the duels are obviously better usually, but you can't just repeatedly dome yourself for a million because you're also playing these Frixian gut shots. You know, like you do get pretty low if you're just fetch shocking all the time. Mm. But it's like in the early turns you really want blue for cantrips, but in the later turns you really want red because most of your chaining spells are red, like your bolts and your uh, maximized velocities and um, metamorphos. You know your lootings and metamorphos and everything. But you also want to be, you know, envisioning in the early game. So I don't know. It's kind of this awkward balance of what basic to get if you want yeah. a basic at all. You're also playing the fast land, so it's not like you get to even like play your fetches and then like uncrack them without shocking. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the, the fourth land coming tapped is really awkward. Because you're playing stuff like Crackling Drake, right? So you're just like, oh, you know, I can play the Crackling Drake, and it's gonna be huge. If I draw land, you draw like your Spiraleth Canal and you're really sad. <laughs> yeah, speaking like, of uh, mana constraints, you're a red, red, blue, blue. Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah, issue. Yeah. I actually Crackling. got um God the first week I played the deck I played against a Blue Moon Breach deck. He Blood Moon game one, which actually kept me off of casting a Crackling Drake. I forget what does that do besides have X and toughness. It cantrips. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's an X four that draws a card when it comes into play. Yeah. So, and it flies. But its, it's power also includes exiled cards, which is pretty relevant a lot of the time. Oh, okay. So it yeah, kind sure. of sidesteps any grave hate people might bring in. Yeah. So to like point out how hard Crackling Drake can be to cast, like for cards that are like color color and then two other colors, like Crackling Drake or Gogori Fine Broker, are I think it's like the recommendation is to have like 17 sources of each color in your deck. Jeez. And so how many? like 18 lands. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that doesn't take. Like, so cantrips are taken into account, but so. Like the cantrips help obviously like a lot, but I think each cantrip is like roughly like a quarter of a mana source is like mm. how the calculation works out. But yeah, so that's a really good like example. Like, oh, it takes seventeen of each, and the deck has like eighteen lands. And yeah. how many how many basics? So like, those yeah. basics don't make both colors. There's so. like five basics in the deck. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I guess you could say, oh, well, I play Manamorphos. It's not so bad. Like, yeah, but do you want to spend a Manamorphos to play a Crackling Drake? Yeah, like so really. It's kind of like Swans, where the mana you think oh two color deck, but like in reality the mana is actually just like not the best. Hmm. Yeah, Which I was just crazy. thinking like I was thinking like isn't there like a three mana Chimera and like a three mana 
dragon drake that do the same thing enigma drake and that's he's playing the standard version of the deck but it's it's um, not the same thing it's just not because, as good um it doesn't count cards in exile yeah and that, it doesn't that, draw the exile part seems seems to be like the the most relevant yeah it helps you kind of beat through the hate on the phoenixes which is the mm-hmm. most common way people try to like interact after board yeah what's crazy too is people in south bay were playing uh the one of hollow fountain for a white splash in the post board that's a yeah, tech i've seen that people were already doing that in uh blue moon um previously yeah. to get the access to the rest in peace and stony silence i really like that tech so i could definitely see it like being viable <laughs> like here geist of saint trap <laughs> i mean yeah i can see, see that it. too yeah i saw a lot of funny games it was like against dredge they just like turn two and like redland redland metamorphose uh slam uh, rest in peace go <laughs> got him solid <laughs> doesn't seem terrible god that reminds me of the uh the match against the blue moon deck another another sweet one so he i think this is game three he just like taps out on turn five for through the breach and i'm like uh spell fear is snow no thank you i only have six forbidden's over here i'd like to keep them <laughs> you know, i untap and then i hard cast a phoenix <laughs> attack him for 10 because i had a flipped thing which wasn't lethal but my opponent has a damping sphere in play and I have two lands up. So he untaps and just slams it on another through the breach. Actually, no, my thing wasn't flipped. And I'm like, yeah, resolves. He's like, Emrakul, attack. He's like, wait, 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 wait. On your combat step, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you. Cast my metamorphos. He's like, okay, like draw a card. And my thing goes to one counter. I'm like, you know, maybe like red, red or red, blue doesn't really matter. Bolt you. Trigger my thing. He's like, yeah, but but that costs two. Like, yeah, man, Marvel's made two mana. <laughs> I paid two. Don't worry. <laughs> Put the Emrakul back in your hand. <laughs> That's hilarious. Be kind. So away it went, and then the opponent promptly died on my next attack. Be gone, you you spaghetti thought. Wow. Yeah, come to find out, Emrakul is not a horror. <laughs> It is not, in fact. So, who will win? The spaghetti monster or one icy boy? Put him on ice. Alright. So, uh, Steven, what did you uh, you get up to since uh, our last episode? Uh, Not not much magic related. Uh, I haven't had too much time to to get out. Just been busy working. Yeah, going to give us your Fortnite update? For the, for the honestly PSA. honestly i haven't even touched fortnite in a while that's uh i've been all on uh final fantasy lately that final fantasy 11 grind playing like it's like it's 2000 2009 right is that it's earlier <laughs> than that my friend yeah 2003 yeah you need, uh, do you need a number i could probably find you a hotline to call <laughs> uh, at this point yeah probably for help I'm a, yeah I'm a little uh for gambling addiction yeah basically 800 uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty hooked into it, but uh, no, I should be should be getting some some magic time out this week and next week, so I'll have a little bit more to talk about next week. Someone in your life affected by addiction, <laughs> basically. Jackie Austin just walks fantasies. by tries. John, what egregious pile have you been playing this week? Hey, hey, I played <laughs> Swans the week before last, and I went zero and eight. In games at FNM. <laughs> wow. Record. Anyone let you know you're supposed to win? 
Yeah, I've never gotten O and eight before. Never. I don't think I've even gotten close to O and eight. Wow, um, it was That's impressive. John I was there playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> I like wasn't even salty by the end of it. I was just kind of amazed, like, and it was oh. it wasn't even like I got crushed. Just like had a lot of close games and didn't quite get there. Made a few small misplays. Did you like, make make new friends at the O four table? Uh, <laughs> some new, some old. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, just oh man, yeah. So, anyways, uh, oh wait, with Swans, real solid performance. Did Kevin Deck has won two PPTQs, by the way. Yeah, that I, that I remind you all. Yeah, it's not the deck. <laughs> I mean, it is the deck, but it's not the deck. God, that deck's man is terrible. I, I will say that that deck is is super difficult to pilot. I didn't think it was going to be that hard to like it. Like, oh, I'm playing a control deck, like no big deal. Chris and I were jamming games for fun and I decided to play two at a giant with Kevin and the mistakes he was pointing out were almost constant. <laughs> Get wrecked. Like just almost constant. It's almost like the time you uh, picked up Amulet, right? Did you win a uh, game once Kevin a stepped in to like two headed yeah. giant? You went, okay. I kind of nutted on you. Yeah, that's right. But Mike, it definitely. I jammed a turn two thing into the spell center you didn't have, and then you lost. Yeah, that's true. But I think I was definitely winning a lot more games once Kevin sat down. <laughs> like, man, just like sequencing your mana and counter spells in that deck. Ugh. Anyway, so uh, on Friday this week, I played Black Green Rock. It was cool. I don't know. Went two and two. Um, I don't know, I'm playing bad mid-range decks. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> I'm out there having fun lately. I'm not really going for any sterling performances. Uh, and speaking of bad decks, uh, I've been playing a, a, a brew that we'll talk about later. Or should we talk about it now, Chris? Uh, we should talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> we should spill the beans now, I think. Get into the weeds now. It's it's like the nap it's like napkin deck two point oh. I actually yeah, wrote yeah. it down like in a in a notepad oh this time. <laughs> yeah, in and out napkins not not durable enough to take the pen like those BJ's napkins. <laughs> and uh, a, a quick uh, they can take reminder a for the the listeners. The last uh, napkin deck we made is undefeated at Friday Night Magic against all decks except for itself. Yeah, just got dragons as a winner. You guys are ridiculous. Yeah, man. What can you explain this deck? This new deck? Yeah. I'm like I'm like on the edge of my seat here. It's it's sweet. It's a pile. It is it is a it is a pile. So so we took we took blue white miracles. Alright, I'm done. And we made it really <laughs> shitty. <laughs> like like worse than normal. Yeah, like remember how I said I was done with blue white decks? Well, that was a lie. <laughs> We all knew that was a lie. Because, man, so we... How did this even come up? Okay, because remember the last time we were talking about spoilers? Oh, let's play Band Control with Growth Spiral. I mean, right? I guess that is how it came up. And and the, the stupid uh, enchantment that, like, untaps all your lands. And I was like, you know what's really good with untapping all your lands? You know, random sorceries that eat up a bunch of mana. You know what a random sorceries that eats up a bunch of mana? Glittering Wish. <laughs> Right, you wanted to pair sorceries with untapping your lands at your end step? 
Yeah, so you sp- you can spend your mana on sorceries on your turn and still have counter magic up on their turn. Oh, mm-hmm. gotcha. right. You can play tap up control and Drago control at the same time. I, I thought right? you'd want to just like Sphinx's Rev twice. What? Eh, so that, that sounds, that sounds like that sounds dope. <laughs> twice Sphinx's, Sphinx's Rev. Rev but- Sphinx's Rev once really big, <laughs> but then like <laughs> if you rev for double, like float a bunch of mana on tap rev for a million. You just discarded all of your hand size anyway, because it yeah. was on your own end step. Oh, right? You're right, we should play Helix Pinnacle instead. Clearly. Oh, Accurate. <laughs> oh wait, we could play this untapped enchantment with another sweet green enchantment. Heartbeat of Spring. I don't Get even know here. what that card does. It's so it's, much mana! It's a mana flare. You'll reach the, 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 the pinnacle in no time. Jesus. Anyways, before we get even further out in the weeds, uh, so it is a, uh, a Bant control deck that plays Grove Spiral and Glittering Wish. And, um, you know, uh, a threat that doesn't uh, see very much modern play. Uh, one, one big, wormy, squirmy boy to the tune of seven mana. They like, it's got a, a, a panglacial worm as its finisher of choice. Comes from a very cold region. <laughs> this card, like, what? started as a meme, but we've been testing the deck online and we basically always win the game with it in play and we've been doing a lot more winning than losing i think our like our last record before when i got out last night we were like 10 and 3 and then kevin instead of sleeping just played the deck all night and like three two to a bunch of leagues i guess i guess he played against a bunch of blood moon decks and this this deck's mana is just really bad so so, so i guess like <laughs> pan glister worm i think looks horrible yeah, it seems terrible, but it's got no. trample. It's a no. nine five, nine five trample. But what if you think about it this way? It's like a big dumb finisher. So remember back in the day, back in the old standard day, when the finisher of choice was Pearl Ink Ancient. Sure. This is a big dumb idiot creature that had flash. Yep. So you get to the the point where the board's locked down or whatever, and your opponent has no more gas, and you just like bam, here's a seven seven. It's like the same thing almost. Except for it doesn't have to be in your hand. In fact, you don't want it to be in your hand. All you have to do is fetch a land and it's there. Bam. End of, end of your turn, 9-5. We have gotten so many people on, on blocks with this damn thing. <laughs> they like shove oh, in if they're like threat and you just like, here's a 9-5. <laughs> Block. Untap. 9-ya. Or animate a colonnade. 13-ya. Gross. It just like turns the corner so quick and it actually lets you spend all your glittering wishes on getting like interaction. Like so the glittering wish aspect is also really powerful. Our sideboard is just a, a bunch of one ofs. Um Wait, so so you, got... said you, you said you based this off the blue white shell. Yeah. None of these cards you've named are in blue white. Hey, that's because all the sweet cards <laughs> Yeah, you already know these other cards in blue white. They basically start with the blue white shell and then cut all the spells out of it. And then just left the mana base hey, and then added some green to it. Hey, man. I mean, fine, fine, fine. Here's your boring. We have some Snapcaster Mages, a couple of Jace to Mind Sculptors, some Opts and Ows, Paths, Teferi, Four Terminus, Cryptic Command, Search for Scanta, you know, okay. the usual. All right, all right, all right. Hey, Glacial Worm is a snow permanent, isn't it? Um, it is. It is not. It is not. It's not? It's not. It is, it is not. Creature Worm. No snow on this worm. <laughs> Huh. It is a five green green nine five trample that 
when you're searching your library, you may play it from your library. And so the land does not interplay until after the Panglacial Worm does. <laughs> so you have to have eight mana sources, basically. Wait, what? No, no, no. The land comes into play before no. the worm. No, nope. because yeah, you're searching. Nope. You have not finished searching when you have to cast the worm. Wait, but though you have to search before you. No, you worm. pick up your no, deck. You just cast it while you're searching. And instead, of, and instead of clicking on the land, if you click on the land, you've gone too far and you're very sad, which we've done. You then click on the worm before picking the ma- the land. You pay for the worm. The worm gets shit onto the stack, and then you pick your land, and then the fetching is done, and then the worm has to resolve. And that's part that's... of the reason you technically can't change the order of your library. I don't know. I think... I think that's just a moto bug. I'm pretty sure you can't interrupt the fetch until the fetch is over. You can only ca- you can only cast it while you're searching. Yeah, yeah. You are no you longer can... searching once you have picked your land. Interesting. All right. Sorry. Can you make a legacy version the... of Silvala now. So you you've cast the worm, but it's not actually in play yet. Yeah. So you can use the land to hold up your dispel to make sure your worm resolves. Oh my god. So good. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, so the worm is the worm is like the standout in the main deck, but it's actually pretty solid. It's just like a, a finisher, uh, so you can sit all your gas just grinding your opponent down. And man, this deck takes forever to kill people. Um, but then we've got like just a sideboard of one ofs. We got fifteen one ofs uh, for our, our glittering wish board. You know, uh, <laughs> Dragon Lord Draboka, another Teferi, a Sigarda, Fracturing Gust, a Supreme Verdict, a Plasm Capture. <laughs> Plasm capture was in the main deck originally instead of cryptic command. <laughs> so okay. you you plasm capture your opponent's like four drop, then you untap and make a big boy worm. Okay. But uh like we were just talking about, you know, colored source, colored source, and then two of another colored source is like really hard. It takes like seventeen sources of each color. Yeah. It's really hard to do in a three color control deck. So um we cut the plasm captures from the main deck in the interest of less memes and more wins. Um in the interest of competitive magic. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad that's a priority. We're playing new uh new Lavinia, <laughs> which is insane against Tron. Like they just have to like cast creatures now or like do it the hard way and just beats them down in the meanwhile. Cards like super solid against Tron. Um and then we have Geist of St. Traft. So it's like anytime our opponent leads on like a blue fetch, if we're on the play, just like glittering wish on turn two for a Geist and try to jam a Geist on three. It's like insane on the other blue matchups. So, deck is pretty sweet. Uh, we are attempting to field three copies of the deck at FNM this week. Why? <laughs> Which so, is proving to be slightly difficult. Turns out no one has Panglacial Worms or Ordering Wishes. Weird. Or, you know, the fact that Growth Spiral and. Lavinia aren't even out yet. You can't buy them. I saw a stack of growth spirals today at a shop and it's like couldn't buy them. It was very tilting. They were like sorting all their crap they'd opened from their uh their boxes. I was like, man, wish I could buy those growth spirals, but you can't sell them to me unless you want to lose WPN status. Sucks. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's uh that's Bant Pokemon as the deck's been dubbed, because you you know. It was a void. Uh, it was a it was a plasm capture deck, and you gotta gotta catch them all. <laughs> a little bit of catch, catch and release. So um, the deck <laughs> the name stuck, so it's it will always be Bant Pokemon now, even if only one plasm capture in the board. 
And because there's all these threats in the board, right? So it's like you can choose whichever threat best suits your matchup. Yeah, I mean, you just get to bring a hammer to every matchup. It's sweet. Um, and, and if you aren't sold yet, imagine a world where you get to growth spiral, trigger a terminus, put a planes into play, and terminus off of it. Also works with spell snare. Done both of those a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the synergy. You can terminus away your pangalicial worm, and then you just yeah, fetch it. Exactly. Fetch it. Yeah, it just comes right back. Right back again. Just, I might need this later. Let me, just, let me just stock this bad boy back up into the deck for you. I've done that. Just like, path it, you're just like, nah, terminus, save it. Um, yeah, there's all, this deck has all sorts of crazy little tricks. Um, we were playing against uh, a merfolk player. And we played turn four to fairy with dispel backup, which we needed because he tried to deprive our Teferi. He scooped the dispel. <laughs> A plus. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> I think the line was like we grow spiraled and then we like, uh, he attacked with two guys. We like pathed one, blocked the other with snap, and then flashback the path targeting snap, our own snap. Oh yeah, yeah. To ramp ourselves, <laughs> build your own giant. Be good. Growth. Be good. Like <laughs> jump in front of this silver gale adept and then get halved exiled, turn into like a planes. <laughs> so funny. You laugh, but uh, white amulet doesn't sometimes do. Yeah, I'm just it's waiting like, for the uh, the nexus of fate. Oh my god, yeah, this man standard's gonna be miserable. So we're not we're not playing the four mana untap your lands card. Um, just I don't know. It doesn't seem like too much clunk. It's really clunky. <laughs> There's already enough clunk. This deck is clunky already, but man, the Glittering Wish wasn't package that, is insane. Wasn't that like the original plan is supposed to run that card? I mean, kind of, but this is way better. Just like Affinity. Ridiculous. You have to take all the Affinity cards out. Yep. Yeah, I guess so. So that's what, that's what I've been grinding the last few days. I'm super excited to play this at FNM. I mean, if anyone remembers, I've, I've played Band Control before with Glittering Wishes. But now it's so, better. Up and now, now it's like you know playable maybe maybe <laughs> we'll see i guarantee you this deck is like more than suited for the fnm meta more than suited oh, i don't know how's our real matchup no. i'll have i'll be I, uh I'll be i don't know about for that the one. next for the next time we record see how how that opponent, goes for you guys opponent mills are playing glacial worm out of our deck get wrecked <laughs> there's have... like there's like two or three mill decks there right yeah yeah we had yeah, the like 30 people yeah like three <laughs> we had an opponent where we like wished for a geist and they mana leaked it and then surgically extracted it this one in the 75 we gotcha. wished for that like just yeah that's that's pretty bad that's pretty bad and then he was there's was, there was only other card in our yard was opt and then he said he was trying to hit opt but i'm not sure i believe that either because that's almost worse arguably yeah he just he he probably just like did it and then was like oh wait they am, they am just I wish retarded? for this yeah <laughs> quick <laughs> they just, make up a they story just wish for this. <laughs> Kevin's like I don't buy that yeah I don't know why you would I don't know why you would surgical someone's ops on like turn three that yeah. sounds freaking terrible just randomly yeah mainly your geist and then surgical your opt yeah. oh correct yeah, the glacial terminus synergy oh man this is game one. <laughs> <laughs> game one main deck surgicals they knew they knew they were they were onto us you 
So you can't even <laughs> surgically extract the Goldring wishes because they exile themselves. <laughs> Get wrecked. Uh, yeah. So I don't think you can actually cast Plan Glacial Worm while your opponent is surgicaling you because it's not you who's searching libraries of them. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like how you have to pay two if you uh, have a lean in Arbor Rock. You can, yeah. though. You can, though, if you surgical extraction your own, like a card from your own graveyard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but why though? <laughs> because color, you need to. Because you card, need to cast that worm, and you ain't got to fetch, it's man. It's basically the Simeon Spear Guide. Because the card is not gold. <laughs> no, no, it's it's because of the Simeon Spear Guide. No, I know, but like, it's not. You gold, don't have so to find any board. other cards. Oh, oh surgical it, card. Oh, there's no more in the deck. Oh, what do you know? Oh, look a pamphlet. You don't. You don't even have to exile the first card you pick. Yeah. It just says it just says you made you may exile it and any other copies. Yeah, it's it's pay two life search your library for pamphletial worm. We've Done. had so many people bring in grave hit against oh, us. Oh man, it's like it's like a pay two life detutor. Yeah, dude. Got to run two. We're on two logic nods, two snaps, and the search for us can't. And we've had a lot of opponents bring in grave hit, which is not very good. No, I think they just think we're like a typical blue control deck with like a pile yeah. of snaps, and we don't really use our graveyard very at much, any if at all. Yeah, those cards are just like, oh look, I have things in my graveyard. Great, I'm gonna search for Scanta is like perfectly acceptable as a think tank. Yeah. Anyways, Max, what have uh, what have you been up to lately? Oh uh, man, time talks about some real magic. Real magic. Real okay. magic. Um. I've been job searching for the last couple weeks, so I haven't been playing some that much magic. Uh, the magic I have been playing is super competitive, under $100 budget EDH. Yes. Excellent. Um, I basically took an EDH deck I had, pulled all the expensive cards out, and then pulled a box of bulk green cards and shoved them into EDH Thrun. So I, I actually have, I actually I have a giant growth in my EDH deck. It's great. I love it. Yes. I love it. Is this a combat trick? <laughs> so yeah, I have this box of like bulk cards from Zendikar Worldwake era, and I was just like leafing through them and pulled out the green ones. And I was you, just like, "Are you playing? Uh, what's the the uh, quest? Quest? I, for I didn't the, have one of those. Quest for the something blades, the gem blades. I think the it's what gem it's- blades. <laughs> oh baby. Oh man, that sounds sweet with a thread. Yeah, no, so that, that was the magic I played. I think it was New Lazav versus Sram versus Thrun. Who's the fourth one? It was just those three, yeah. Who won? Three will enter, none will leave. Who won? Um, The Lazav deck won the first game because they surprise super ramped into... um, What's that black creature that kills you if it hits you? Phage the Phage, yeah, the they just ramped into a Phage the Untouchable and then Rogue's Passaged it and just like, kill you, kill you. <laughs> so, wow. so you got touched. Yeah. That's so funny. So, yeah, that was uh, the first game. I think I won. minion. Yeah, we played three games. We each won one of the games. So the decks are balanced, I guess. They're all equally garbage. <laughs> I don't believe that. but I mean, I'm sure they're garbage. I believe that. But I doubt they're equally garbage. Uh, man so yeah that's about it i played a little bit of like modern testing just like kitchen table for fun uh but mostly i'm just kind of sworn off modern until after cleveland so no fun magic for me you gotta you gotta prep 
for that that PT, right? Yep. Just gotta be a goddamn professional over here. So I guess before we get into that, man, what a tryhard. <laughs> what a tryhard. Play is a budget EDH. <laughs> Amazing. Is this a competitive format? Uh, now, before we move into our uh, topics for the week, just a quick little reminder that we do have a Patreon now. It is uh, patreon.com forward slash MTG Complex. Um, it's only $1 to join our Discord. And, um, you know, we have, had, we have a few patrons right now. Uh, and it's been fun chatting with you guys over on Discord. And we would love it and appreciate it if you could... Uh, Donate and, uh, you know, support us and keep us afloat while we uh, continue giving you some good content. Come hang um, out. We've yeah. been enjoying chatting with our, our patrons. There's five of you. Thank you. We appreciate you very much. It's been fun chatting with you guys. Um, I will post more. I, have, I will post this deck list. You're going to find out about the deck list via Discord before you find out about it. This podcast that we're recording before, it's like... I'm talking to you backwards in time. Through the future. Da, na, 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 Through the future. Na, 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 na. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, before we jump into to all of the stuff we want to talk about, Max, I just wanted to give you give the, the listeners just a quick little uh, lens into your world, if you wouldn't mind. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself as a Magic player? Like, what you what decks you lean towards when you got started and any other fun facts that we should know about your mtg career life yeah sure um you added magic player at the end i was gonna tell you all sorts of fun facts about myself um, <laughs> feel free to share your power level i mean <laughs> it's over nine thousand uh yeah uh, i guess from the top i'm fairly new as far as some of these people go to the competitive magic scene, I got back into magic fairly casually in Origins. Um, didn't really get that competitive until after the BFZ circuit. Um, I've played mostly Infect at the competitive level for there. From there, uh, sort of hopped around a bit, played all sorts of random creature combo decks. AKA Jank. Uh, Jang. I, I played real <laughs> decks actually for a while. The funny thing is a lot of people I think attribute me to playing jank decks for a very long time. But I did I play. wonder why that might be. <laughs> no reason. <laughs> I did play. I played Infect and I played Abzan Coco when those were like two of the tiered decks uh, for a very long time. Um back when Infect was kind of one of the only playable three decks, I think, during the Odrazi Winter. Um and then once the the probe push kind of one two punch knocked infect out of uh being favorable i swapped over to the way more competitive doran the siege tower modern oh, absolutely uh modern deck <laughs> what are what are your accomplishments of said deck i've actually had a few i top aided a it was a gpt i think at the time uh that i then scooped someone in this room into the into the quarters with i believe um i'm fairly confident i could have taken that one down um yeah i took that to a couple other i cashed a couple um pbtqs with that deck and uh yeah i also ran the tables at channel fireball 
during the infamous um, Lantern Control hype when there were, Ugh. I think, six or seven Lantern Control decks on any given FNM. I went undefeated with that deck for about a month. Ugh. Surprisingly, <laughs> that deck has a very good Lantern Control matchup. For uh, those non-EDH players out there, Doran the Siege Tower is an Abzan card, so it's black, green, white. Uh, it is a 0-5 that reads that all creatures assign combat damage based on their toughness instead of their power. Big um, rockin' booties. Yeah, so you, you played Ensnaring Bridge in that creature deck. It was it was a glorious time. But anyway... Oh, whoa, wait, <laughs> I, just, I just realized that, oh man, you have like 0-5s and like 0-1s and stuff, right? So you just... I probably have like a record for killing the most people in magic with a spell skite. Just like with combat damage. That's so cool. Alright. Yeah, it turns out a uh, two mana spell skite that saves you you saves your Doran is also just a 4-4. Four four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Tower defense, hell of a card. Yeah. That... Two mana plus five damage, plus five butt. That deck was uh quite the quite the deck for the time. Um, and it's easily the the most swag deck that the you own oh yeah no i i definitely needed to make a point that this was not a, a budget option and i did pimp that deck out quite a bit <laughs> just like shove it in people's faces oh yeah i think at before i kind of break par- broke part of it off um oh i think it was at the pptq it was expedition windswept teeth fetch into murmuring bosk reveal the foreign uh, foil trifo harbinger from your hand Oh my god! Uh, and then tap for green to play the Judge Noble Hierarch. That was that was kind of like the maximum swag levels of uh, that deck. Did you have Guru Forest at that point? Uh, yeah, I had Guru Forest in that deck Gross. with the, the Judge Basics. That was the that's that's my flex for the day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <sighs> anyway, uh, that was not the deck that I took to the pptq season and then to the rtpqs though um i was pretty happy about the fact that infect was again in a, a very good position kind of going to the pptq season um kci is was a insanely favorite matchup uh the other spoilers kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sad about that one the you know the other decks that were kind of big were all decks that infect was you know felt very good against um you know spirits was kind of here and there and the lists were all over the place uh, and that matchup wasn't that terrible even um but you know you beat all the other combo decks you beat you know you kind of ignored a lot of the aggro decks and burn was sort of the only main deck that you were kind of scared of at the the pptq circuit you know with uh, a lot of the gpx and death shadow decks kind of falling off the radar uh so my sideboard kind of going to the pptqs was basically this is 100% based around those matchups. Uh, I think I was playing two Pulsa Marasa in my Infect uh, sideboard at the time. Yes. Which is just the uh, instant speed gain six, bounce a land or creature from a graveyard back to its owner's hand. Um, you know, you play the first one and they're annoyed and you play the second one, they usually scoop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I guess I don't know where where you want to take that from here um but so i took infect and qualified fairly late into the the season for the pptqs um after a lot of you know top eights and kind of a couple um close finishes and 
sort of grinded on moto thanks to to john as a backseat driver as well uh into the rtpq season um showed up the room was basically a quarter of the room was kci a quarter of the room was hardened scales um another quarter was spirits and the other quarter was people playing foil jank like chris um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i guess to say when i when i walked around i noticed a surprisingly high amount of humans actually um i was expecting a lot more spirits that's and fair they seemed pretty split on spirits and humans which surprised me i thought it was going to be much more in the favor of just all spirits, no humans. They're probably yeah. all the people that qualified early in the season. So it was like artifact combo decks and and creature decks. Yeah, I think one there of the was some madman there with a like titan shift or something. <laughs> I think one of the important things for me too was just that uh, I think spirits at the time was also kind of shifting over to kind of bans good stuff, uh, and we're playing the four uh, reflector mages in the main. Uh, so really, as far as I was concerned, those are basically the same deck. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as that analysis goes. Uh, but yeah, as, as spoilers may have already indicated, I got top four qualifying for the Pro Tour Cleveland at that um, RTPQ. Um, somehow dodging my best matchup, KCI, the entire tournament. Wow, um, that's impressive. So, you know, was happy I had lots of good matchups and didn't play them. But Well, you, you know. like scooped someone into the top what eight that's like a terrible matchup right yeah i scooped a scales opponent who was my friend into the top eight and then got paired against him again in the finals uh so that was that was real awkward but i managed to take that one down um yeah it was so pretty it's a pretty still had all these moment yeah that was <laughs> yeah so i played skills twice which i think was one of my like worst matchups in the room um beating it both times that, that matchup's very interesting i think from the infect side where it's basically just you're looking for walking ballista and i'm trying to kill you before that happens mm-hmm. yeah i feel like the matchup's not particularly interesting i feel like it's the skills opponent has a ballista or they don't yeah if they have it it's really hard for you if they don't they just kind of die yeah basically i played one game against uh the opponent where they i think they had three ancient stirrings and just kind of missed on the top 15 cards of their library for a walking ballista uh and they lost the game there's you know it would have been a very different game if they hadn't had all four of them at the bottom you know half of their deck so random kind of random question uh how long have you been playing this version of uh of infect um this version meaning like the list that I took the RTPQ down on? Yeah. Um, so my list kind of started off being fairly based off of Zan Saeed's list uh, with the mm-hmm. Invisible Stalker package. Um, that was what I took to the PPTQ. I kind of adjusted as I went through the PPTQ mm-hmm. season. Um, but I mean, as far as the list goes... I've been, I've been picking, I picked up the Invisible Stalkers quite a while ago. Uh, that started, I think that's like the most notable sort of like standout uh, choice that you can make as far as how you're playing Infect these days, mm-hmm. um, which sort of actually has fallen off the, the map recently with most of the pros. Um, but that was what I kind of picked up during Grixis Shadow being very popular, so quite some time ago. Um, Infect has a pretty, a pretty like set in stone core, so you, you're 
tweaks on the deck or not they're mostly in the sideboard right yeah so you have a number of like flex spots in the main um kind of you you sort of decide your your pump suite uh and there's there's a little bit of room you can tweak there uh sort of deciding how all in on the ground swells and sort of on the potential turn two uh consistent turn three strategy you want to be uh you can go heavier on the blue and kind of add more disruption um and the main board and your kind of your choice of to zero one or two dismembers are sort of the only real options that you have in the main board mm. um and then the, the sideboard is really where those choices kind of come in uh you sort of decide if and where you're putting the spell skites um what sort of removal if any you want to play what sort of hate you want to play uh and sort of just like what decks you decide you're avoiding because uh, you don't have that much room uh, one of the big things that sort of shifted the way i think infect was post ban uh was that you're no longer boarding anti-hate cards um right when infect was sort of in its tier one for taxi probe stage a lot of your cards you would board in would be like three twisted images uh mm-hmm. things to remove spell skites uh things to remove um you know a lot of counter magic to kind of get through a lot of the the removal people will be bringing in mm-hmm. um which is no longer the case right you're unless you're kind of scared of thing the ice is now there isn't really a reason to assume your opponent's going to be bringing in spell skites and bringing in those twisted images and stuff like that. so would you say the deck since then has become more uh proactive rather than reactive in the in games two and three in games two um Game one, I think you've definitely become more proactive. You are basically ignoring anything your opponent does, always. Uh, game two and three, it it kind of depends. I think you're you're basically slowing down less in a lot more matchups. Um, okay. The green black matchups and sort of the the mid range matchups are kind of one of the exceptions. Uh, but it's kind of like with KCI, where you know they're this combo deck, and you're just you're ignoring them. Uh, sure, you can bring in your shatter effects um, because you might as well. Um, but you're really just kind of looking hard at you know what are these pump cells that I'm bringing out, and what is like the, the real cost of slowing down my game plan there? Uh, mm-hmm. Because they're not bringing in cards that you reasonably really care about. Yeah, um, I think Infect kind of became similar to Affinity after it got knocked off at the top, where. It's now in this interesting spot where it can only really succeed when it's not being hit by cards that are sort of splash aid, right? Like yeah. you're not going to be bringing dredge when other graveyard decks are good because people have rest in pieces. Um, at the same time, if people are playing sudden shock for some insane reason, right? You're you're not playing infect anymore, like, yeah. ever. Um, or flame jet. Flame jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like grixis were is like almost an unwinnable matchup online i think i'm like mm-hmm. zero and four on that deck on moto um, why why because they they were for their spell skites oh i wasn't saying why i was saying that's uh that's kind of leading into what i was going to ask you which is uh an, another card that people are playing a lot of that's really good against infect is gut shot gut shot's interesting um the only card deck playing gut shot right now is sort of the phoenix deck um and really it it just feels like a mental misstep mirror sometimes uh because sure they're playing these three gut shots you're playing these four mutagenic growths um and they're kind of forced into these lines where they're trying to flip their thing at a specific time or they're trying to play three spells and get their phoenixes back at a specific time um and they really don't have the leisure to just sort of randomly fire off a a gut shot just because your shields are down 
uh, or if they do, it kind of interferes with their main game plan. Um, so a lot of times Thing in the Ice is kind of the card that I feel is a lot more of the decider in that match, uh, because Thing in the Ice is just this card that you can't really deal with. Um, and the, the damage-based removal decks have traditionally kind of been a lot more favored for Infect because you can play around them with those pump spells, um, where you just really can't play around a Thing in the Ice when you're playing maybe one or two dismembers in the main board, and like maybe two, probably two, post-board. Mm-hmm. So you, you really can't interact with that card in a in a great way. Yeah, I know. Um, you talked earlier about how uh, you know we were sharing cards on Moto, and I got onto the deck right before GP Portland was prepping for GP Portland. After you did really well with the deck, and I was like, you know what? I've played Infect before. I'm gonna get back on Infect, and then suddenly there's these Phoenix decks just everywhere online, and it went from pretty peachy to a lot harder to get wins on on moto and i began to worry about how the gp was gonna go so uh and you played in that gp as well right i don't think yeah. it did particularly well did you actually play against dark light at the, i didn't uh, play against it at all actually i didn't I, either uh i lost twice to grixis shadow which is sort of what i'd alluded to earlier where i think the deck was really playable for the pptq season because that deck had fallen off the radar mm-hmm. um I think the the combination of the Arclight deck and Grixis Shadow kind of winning and having a really good showing that weekend for the GPT uh, the GPS uh, really kind of pushed Infect down as far as like a viable choice. Um, you know, despite sort of Infect being you know my pet deck, uh, you know it's this deck that I play basically in every format. Uh, I just think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I did kind of I did play it for that. PBTQ and RTPQ season because I thought it was well positioned. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did test other decks. I picked up scales. Uh, I picked up um, amulet for like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, come be one of us. So I did. I did test other decks, um, but kind of coming out of the that GP, um, you know, I, I did stop telling people like, oh no, like listen, you should you should be playing infect, uh, which I did think was the case going into that RPQ. Um, which I think, side note, was I was one of two Infect players to to win that RTBQ. Um, Did you both qualify? I know you both made top We both eight. qualified, yeah. So, so there are two Infect two. in the top eight with a 100% conversion rate to top four. So it was, it was definitely definitely the deck to be playing that weekend. It was. Uh, and yeah, that, that top eight had two Infect and one Tron, and all three of those decks made it. So the neither of the Infect decks played their good matchups in that top eight. Mm-hmm. God, Tron is, um, Tron is such a good matchup, man. I love, I love stomping Tron with Infect. So now that you've you've qualified for the PT, how has that changed your perspective on prepping for events and uh, what 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 are you what are you doing differently? What are you doing the same as far as uh, as practicing and playing Magic? Uh, well, I mean, I'm off modern, um, which is kind of sad times um but it is definitely one of those things where it i guess to take a step back prepping for the rtpq i realized i need to stop playing legacy um because usually oh you know i'll play casual legacy or i'll play legacy you know at the weeklies uh but swapping between legacy and modern was like a very difficult uh thing to do especially when you're playing like a similar deck style um so that that was kind of one of the things I think carried over was once they announced the format was not modern but standard draft, which are two formats that I don't really play. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of realized I needed to stop playing modern because that would just 
kind of be a thing that would be a crutch that I would keep doing. Um, <laughs> I needed to really, if I was going to take this seriously, sort of focus on taking it seriously um, and focusing on standard and, you know, the draft portion as far as like general draft knowledge. So how have you been prepping for the standard portion? Um, the standard portion was kind of hard until recently because we were in a lame duck standard for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. And then even with the spoilers, I'm, you know, basically a constructed player, um, you know, playing this like niche deck style and I'm not by any means like an expert deck builder. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really sort of relying a lot on, you know, other people's brews and other people sort of make that core deck. Um, I'm not, you know, trying to invent the next band Nexus deck. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I'm testing with a couple other people uh, who also qualified, uh, as well as sort of just with some other friends who are more familiar with standard, uh, sort of this specific format and sort of just standard as like a, an idea uh, and deck building kind of from that perspective. Um, and really just trying to do my hardest not to beat the, the weakest chain in the link there. Mm -hmm. um as we sort of sort of test all the decks um you know which is sort of what i'm doing on my own right is sort of just watching as much content of you know these different decks that people are, are putting together uh sort of just figuring out what the the new deck cards interact with the format um because it's basically a completely different format like you know we've had some formats where it's kind of the the same decks kind of import over pretty cleanly but what I've been hearing, it sounds like this in this format, that's just not the case. It's There's so, so many powerful cards. Sort of. It's injected. like the same, same, but different. I think the archetypes are still there. Um, oh. Right? Like the the white red Boros aggro deck isn't going to go away. Uh, right? The, the blue white. The Bant Nexus of, deck. Yeah, the Bant Nexus deck is definitely not going away. Um, I think a lot of these, these kind of two color pushing three color decks that have these like bonkers mana and standard right now aren't going to go away but they just kind of morph or you know splinter off into different versions gotcha. right uh there are new decks right we have like the the gruel monsters deck was like sort of like a fake joke meme deck and now it's like actually kind of a thing uh, especially like the rhythm gruel deck or you have um right like black red aggro mm -hmm. uh but i mean those are all like fairly typical just like aggro monster like we don't type decks it's yeah two nothing. colored pairs yeah i think one of the interesting things is sort of where the esper control deck goes i think all the builds that i've seen are like very unfinished where people are just kind of like throwing all the esper cards into a pile together uh and just like hoping something works and it's like not quite there <laughs> it, can, it can be kind of hard to, to build a control deck with there's if there's no a control deck needs to be like a, a reflection of the format right and if, yeah. there's no, if there's no format to like shape your deck off of then it's really hard to like end up with a, a good a good control deck because you don't know what you yeah and it's hard because that deck with. definitely doesn't build itself right like the, the the gruel deck and the boros deck definitely like build themselves yeah right like i i'm not an expert deck builder like i said but like i can look at all the cards that are legal in the format and be like okay like this is like a deck right these cards go together obviously Mm -hmm. uh, that's not the case with this Esper, the Esper control deck with the terrible mana where you're trying to cast these like four mana white, white, black, black wraths <laughs> and like quelch in the same like four turn cycle. Gotcha. So I don't know. I think that's going to be like a really important part to the Pro Tour is sort of like who figures out both like what that Esper deck is going to look like and who can like counter that deck or like is it just going to be like bad Esper mirrors? Probably not. I hope not. You think Esper is that much better than uh, than Bant? 
I think so. Uh, as far as like Bant Control, or are you talking about like the Bant Nexus deck? The Bant Nexus deck, which are kind of controlling. I know like Patrick Chafin, I mean, Patrick Chafin always is like prone to hyperbole, but he is like infatuated with uh, the four mana uh, untap your, your lands card. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, think- the one we talked about last week or last episode, but he's... Because I, I think the curve is like on uh, on turn four, you you play that, you have four mana up, and then you Teferi, you plus Teferi, and then you immediately have Nexus mana on your end step. Yeah, but I mean, Which that's is like, like a pretty, uh, pretty gross, obviously. But you're, you still have to like interact with your opponent, right? Like yeah. the like the Gruel deck, if you're just like ignoring it, it's going to be beating you down with its oh, definitely. like yeah, yeah. hasty, like stacking Riot deck is just like pretty gross yeah yeah that's the other deck that like really kind of caught my eye was those two seemed like the ones that had like the most powerful things going on yeah i don't know i'm i'm kind of split on that like i think that that deck is really powerful but at the same time it's it's just it's very straightforward as to what it is i feel like anyone if that deck really is as powerful as it is anyone it's really easy to beat if you want to. exactly yeah that makes sense how have you been prepping for for draft um i've been drafting on arena um kind of just getting familiar with like the the format that was kind of the fastest way to do it uh was just kind of draft with these bots on arena um it wasn't so much like right i'm not gonna become a pro at hate drafting and all that um in the the time that we have um so it's a lot of just kind of drafting on arena uh, looking at just the, the various resources that are you know online uh, about drafting once now that now that this sets out i can do paper drafting with people who are much better drafting than i am and kind of grovel for their help um but that's you've gotten some practice before that (laughs) yeah you know i don't want to be the guy who asks people for this help and shows up and i'm like sitting here reading my pack one (laughs) it's like every time at fnm when they start a draft they always have to give the spiel it's like oh you know Left, right, left. Take one card fast, faster to the rest. Like, has anyone here not drafted before? And you don't want to be that guy at the PT who's like, <laughs> "I, I have not drafted before. Can you please explain to me how this works?" Well, the PT's got uh, special drafting rules too. You can't look at your picks, right? And yeah. Yeah. um, and it's timed, which yeah. yeah, it's timed. extremely stressful. <laughs> oh, just catch me on the Pro drafting. Um. Yeah. Take that foil Tarmogoyf or whatever. Have like the camera over your shoulder. Just like, yep. Show the camera this one. (laughs) This one. (laughs) The card for my deck. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) This one. Uh. So, what kind of uh? Where have you been? Kind of intaking all your content from, majorly, for all this like prep work, or or has it just been like scattered around? um kind of here and there um i was sort of reading a lot of older articles that people suggested uh so just like the art of drafting type articles that are out there mm-hmm. um you know listening to limited resources on my very long train ride commute back home mm-hmm. um just sort of like whatever's out there whatever people are recommending um all right just there's, there's a lot been a lot of uh you know so-and-so's take on so-and-so color for you know coming out over the last couple days yeah, uh, it's just kind of trying to stay updated on those and just sort of understanding, you know, what what the the cards are, how they synergize. Um, you know, eventually I should start learning. Right, someone suggested you should 
know every combat trick in the format. There aren't that yeah, many. Definitely. You should be able to memorize them. So that's kind of the next step is, you know, just brute force memorizing these types of things. Um, which makes sense, right? I mean, that's that's basically where I am at like modern legacies. You can just like glance over your opponent's side of the table and just like have rattle off ten things that they could possibly have in their hand. Um, so just trying to get as close to that point as I can with this format um, before the twenty first. Yeah, it's one thing I noticed. I, I don't watch a whole lot of magic streamers, but I do watch um, Kenji from Time to Nine, also known as Nuant the Nummy, and he does draft a lot. And it's pretty interesting to see that he just kind of. Yeah, a lot of times it rattles off whatever his opponent just happens to have in hand. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is sure strike right here, and opponent's like, bam, sure strike. So, yep. Yeah, I knew got it. Got him. Oh. Yeah, I think like Saffron Olive is very good at that in standard as well. Um, you know, just like he'll just start rattling off cards that you know are in those colors, which is is very impressive, I think, for the standard where everyone's playing you know dual and triple color decks. Um, yeah, but. he's uh also standard has has more variants than like let's say modern or legacy where you can like you know f- few different mana sources of or oh you have helix and and bolt great awesome whereas like in standard the 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 jank or like the personal spice could be so varied and you just have to like know that kind of stuff yeah which is just so weird you're over here trying to play around bolt and you're about to get harvest fired fam yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is that kind of personal jank that's like in most standard decks where they're like, it's just like that one difference card, but you know, you, if you're paying attention, you can see it coming. Yeah, I, and I think they're very different too, right? I think um, one of the things I've taken for granted in like Modern Legacy is that the, the removal is very streamlined, right? It's all very efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between your opponent having like a lava coil or like a cast down or something is you know fairly significant to how you want to like play out your threats uh, mm-hmm. versus yeah. like legacy right it's like oh everyone they everyone's gonna have uh you know whether yeah, they plush or yeah, plush plush everything. Everything. Yeah. everything in the format uh yeah. you know fatal push kind of kills everything in my deck uh um, this yeah. is like the big three right and yeah and, and a lot of those as far as like are very specific to the deck and what the deck is doing like you really don't it doesn't matter they either have a removal spell or they don't and then mm-hmm. you know that's kind of it's a binary decision there where it's it's not the case in standard like back in the days of roast you know Oof. they just, Oof. You just look at their your opponent's flyer sadly with this stupid <laughs> roast in your hand and then you draw uh the other one the one that hits flyers but only only a certain color flyer red or blue white deals four damage can't be countered one mana. Oh, rending volley. Rending volley. Yeah, it was the the twin answer, the final answer. I was thinking of the blue white one. That's, was it combust or something? I yeah, combust was, a, was the final combust. answer to splinter twin. Yeah, combust was the two mana answer to twin, and then rending volley was the one mana answer. Then everybody was like, twin is unplayable, and then was it just like ban twin? Man, it's been a while. I don't even remember my twin removal. I guess it doesn't matter. I never played red. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Um, so when are you flying out? Are you flying out just in time for the PT, or are you showing up early and doing some? Do you have a group to do testing with, or are you kind of not that um, uh, in, 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 you know engaged with the community, the PT community yet? No, the I mean the group I'm uh, testing with are all kind of non non pros um, as far as like that's concerned. I think we're all flying out um, on the twenty first, so that thursday i want to say that thursday before the pro tour 
Uh, we'll start gotcha. that Friday, I believe. I might be off a day. Might be one day earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going off to Cleveland. Um, everyone else is kind of flying in later, and uh, wasn't too much sightseeing to be done in Cleveland in February. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'll do what I can, but uh, I think most of the testing will kind of be done before I get on that flight. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, if you had any, I guess you haven't, you know, come close to settling on a deck yet. Card availability always, it seems like a lot of these pro players are like picking up cards at like the last second, which always blows my mind. Um, you're a pro and you didn't bring a deck, like uh, didn't bring either your whole deck or just like the different options that you could have wanted to play today. I feel like that's why a lot of pros are playing standard with like land box lands. Yeah. 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 Like, the, their deck probably just wasn't even built until, like, you know, four hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of pros just, like, don't own supplies, right? They, oh, don't, even, yeah. they don't own playmats. They don't have... So, yeah, I was going to speak about the playmats. So how are you going to flex on the other PC <laughs> players? Are you going to have the Gucci, the Gucci, or the Ella, the Louis Vuitton playmat? LV. For, yeah. for background of those who are not players who know me in person, uh, for a very long time I played with a... Uh, custom inked playmat that was the the louis vuitton uh you know pattern pattern that's that's awesome <laughs> the, the gold lv kind of embroidered repeating across the entire mat um i will not be bringing that to the pro tour um my buddy alec got me a playmat for my birthday on the stipulation that i bring it to the pro tour Oh God! Is it the one? Oh man! I think I know which <laughs> playmat. Oh, John, John is surprised. I, I thought he was the leading question. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, to to just like out myself right here as like massive uh, anime nerd. I had a series of graduation photos taken <laughs> of uh, me with a body pillow. Um, one of them is me on a picnic bench with my arm around said body pillow with a lake in the background at, oh, uh, at Davis. It looks like a, like a professional graduation photo. That yeah. is fantastic. Shout out to, shout out to Mushi for uh, taking those photos for me. But yeah, so my, my other friend, uh, Alec, the one who kind of got me into magic, um, originally got that printed on a, on an inked play mat. And so it's it's me kind of on the lakeside um, with your wife. With my wife, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so the bokeh be, is uh, like perfect. A nice choice of waifu, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be bringing that to the the pro tour. I brought it to to GP Oakland. It was pretty great. I just kind of pull it out, and uh, a lot of people just like kind of look at it and laugh. They're like, oh, that's funny. Your friend like photoshopped you in that picture, and I was like, ah, that's no. funny. No, <laughs> that's a photo. That's me. It's <laughs> actually just me. Yeah. That's so funny. It's hilarious. Oh man, true degenerate. <laughs> just a true, true degenerate. So yeah, I mean, I think you just have to have a good time with it. Um, it it's this sort of this interesting place for me where um, at the beginning of uh, you know before the PPTQ season, I kind of just made this goal. I was like, you know, I want to take uh, competitive magic more seriously. I want to you know get on the pro tour. Um, I think it was actually right after I won the. The PPTQ, um, you know, and then the following week, I we know split the CFB 2K, uh, and I took first place in that. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, went on to to queue for the Pro Tour at the RTPQ, uh, and it was sort of like, oh, that was sort of like a long term goal that I set for myself. 
Um, <laughs> what now? <laughs> was it meant to be a short-term goal? <laughs> what now? Um, yeah, but, you know, again, it's sort of a, a format that I don't specialize in at, at all, uh, especially just drafting. Uh, it's just, like, not something I have, you know, put any of the, the effort and time. And I do think you need a lot of effort and time to get good at drafting. Uh, I think it's one of those things where, you know, the transferable skills are not there. Um, mm-hmm. Right, like I, I can pick up whatever deck you tell me is tier one in standard, and sort of try and memorize as much as I can about the format in a week or two, uh, and just be a reasonable Magic player and do okay. Uh, but that's I do not think that's any at all applicable for drafting. Um, you know, so I'm I'm going to do what I can to not make a fool of myself. Uh, but at the same time, right, I, I'm not going to be shocked when I I don't win the Pro Tour. <laughs> have you uh have you reached out to ivan for any advice as a a, a fellow uh not a fellow but a, a pro tour alumni a pro tour alumni um yeah i've messaged a lot of people um you know just sort of all the people that i knew that that had queued before or uh you know that will will be there um you know i, I definitely think as as far as like a life goal in general is just that you know, you can't be skilled at everything. And, you know, in my case, I'm actually just not naturally skilled at a lot of things. Um, so there's there's definitely lots of times and places where it's time to shut up and listen to someone who's better than you. Um, you know, or even someone who's worse than you, right? They still have important things to say. Um, so, you know, sometimes. I just... <laughs> sometimes. You learn, you know, you learn you know. from other people's mistakes, you know? like yeah, Exactly. I've made a lot of mistakes. You know, you, you <laughs> see someone at the other table just like getting blown out by this thing, and you're like, huh, that's not what I want to do. Um, hey, how'd you how'd how'd you decide to make that play? Oh, I see. Good, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I must never do that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just trying to keep open minded about it. Uh, talk to anyone who I can that's willing to give advice. Um, you know, and just kind of go from there. Well, good luck. Um, we are we're gonna be cheering cheering you on from from our computer screens and our and our phone screens and hopefully we'll we'll see you at the the top tables at uh pro tour cleveland which is in like what two three weeks four weeks yeah it's a month, month from month from today they're not gonna bring oh. cats to play mat though you like put that away <laughs> um um if you see the iron glacier there and you play against <laughs> Crush him for me. Yeah. Is he qualified? I have no idea. Oh, oh my god. He has to I drift all the way story. over. That's so funny. Drift all the way over from Japan. It might take him a while. God. Well, let's uh let's move on to our other topic we wanted to get to, which was the uh ban and restricted update. So there was only one card. Just one single card on this on this list. Stoneforge Mystic? Get out of here. Uh, Silly John, that card's already banned. <laughs> Cart Clan Ironworks has been has been banned. Like the the card has been banned. Good riddance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm sad. Great. That was my best matchup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Ness like called shot on that one. Put the video yeah. out like what two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was like, if they're going to take action against KCI, just ban KCI. Yep. It's like, huh? It, he's like the face like, of Mr. I'm KCI. Not, like, I'm not and, saying you should ban KCI, but the deck is insanely good. It fights through a lot of hate. It's miserable to play against. 
it's miserable to watch. Yeah. I, but I'm not saying you should take action <laughs> against Kate. I sure do like winning. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think I think uh, we've had conversations about uh, what other cards could be, or like maybe possibly were on the chopping blocks, which were Ancient Stirrings and Mox Opal. And, you know, even in the, in the update, they said they were considering both of those cards. It's like those two cards are like on the watch list pretty consistently because of, you know, fast mana and you know digging through your deck at such a high velocity you know and and i think even john you pointed out last week that in ancient ancient stirrings really only never misses in kci yeah i mean it's consistent in most decks but kci literally can't miss the yeah. way it's built the way the the popular version was built it, it was impossible to miss exactly yeah unless you literally hit other no it was impossible Oh yeah, because you had one in hand. So yeah, you, would, you were you casting. Would absolutely... You were casting yeah. one of yeah. your like yeah. The only misses you were casting one of them, so there was less misses in the deck than yeah. cards you see. It was impossible to miss. Yeah, it's like the only non-colors cards were what one sigh and three other stirrings. Yeah, like and you see five cards. It's impossible yeah. to miss. Um, all the other decks that play stirrings, um, they have. You know, um, some scenarios where you can actually fail to find, um, as Chris knows very well. It's the best. <laughs> oh, fantastic. It is funny to watch you, like, especially, yourself, especially in Amulet, because it's basically like pay one mana, put all your threats on the bottom of your library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We'll just search them up with a, with a pact. Put no fetch lands. <laughs> put pact. Yeah. Put uh, Azusa. Put Titan. Put uh you know secure trap scout all the bottom you know it's like it's like titan titan packed azusa like another stirrings you're yeah. just like huh excellent great the stirrings the second stirrings is like a kick in the fucking balls too yeah basically <laughs> you wanted to dig through a threat well good luck and then the next like and then the next like three lands are all uh non-bounce lands and you're just sitting there like this is fantastic so something interesting about KCI being banned is uh, my first thought was that um, Hardened Scales probably gets a lot better since there's going to be a lot less Stony Silence in the format, right? Uh, I think Affinity in general like will see uh, some some uh, improvements. Yeah, like like overall, just be be a little bit more of a dominant deck. Uh, but you know that doesn't last very long. That'll bring out the. It'll bring out the green black decks. It'll bring out the the Shatterstorms. Yeah, it'll bring out all those fun cards to play against. But the good thing is with uh, hardened scales, you know that those those uh, the decks that are traditionally good against affinity end up not being as great anymore because you just have all these like counters going from one creature to another creature, and as long as you can predict what your opponent's going to do, it's it's fairly easy to stay stay in front of them the whole time. Scales is a pretty absurd, like green black matchup. Yeah. Uh. So. So I don't know. I guess maybe maybe it does just become like de facto best artifact deck. I think so. I mean, what other artifact decks are there really competing for that slot at the moment? Nothing substantial, right? It's just like old- lantern control could could see a resurgence. I yeah. saw a lot of pros commenting that they felt that uh, Ensnaring Bridge was the real winner of this BNR. Yeah, yeah that's fair. 
which is good news for a good friend Rukthar. But yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. Whole new world. So one one big difference between this BRN update, I think, and most other ones is they gave like a pretty lengthy explanation as to the reasoning instead of just like this is banned. That is all. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I like actually kind of had like a watch list type thing. I know that's a thing a lot of people had sort of been petitioning for. Um, and obviously, it's still very short of actually being a watch list. But the fact that they did kind of talk about other cards they considered um, yeah. was was pretty significant. It was a huge leap, I think, from where we were previously. Do Do we think this is like a change from their play dev team or play design team? I guess what they call them. Um, I think. Well, like a uh, Chion and all them. Yeah, Chion. I think Melissa Del Toro is on that team. Uh, I think uh, Michael. I uh, was the former Michael Majors. I think they're Michael. definitely making a a very visible effort to involve either old players, like ex players, or like uh, or just people that know how to communicate well into their teams. Because I have noticed not only in like this aspect, but just across a bunch of different events that have happened with Watsi have been m- well broadcast or like well communicated. And I feel like they're making like this very visual push to be more, uh, to give more reasons basically to just explain themselves a little bit more instead of just having, you know, thousands of people being like WTF, why'd you ban my card? My deck is worthless. You guys are trash. I'm never playing you guys again. Oh, that's still happening. It's still happening, but I think, but I think, guaranteed. but like, for example, like this, this BNR, like, it's kind of hard to argue with the points they gave. Like, like they, they gave some pretty valid reasons. They even came back with the, you know, we realized that Oakland was a terrific tournament for KCI and we promise we're not doing it because of that tournament. Yeah. Yeah. They're aware of the optics. I think it's interesting. I, I forget who said it, but I remember reading that someone was said that, you know, when, when I think it was like when Matt Nass had his first good performance, they said in like four or five months, when all the pros figure out how to actually play this damn deck, it is going to get banned. And yeah. here we are. And it's not, you know, all the pros playing it, but it's got a hefty meta share and it's been just crushing. And it's yeah. also just like, like we talked about before, miserable to play against and to watch. The thing is, it doesn't have a huge meta share. It's at like 11%, right? right? It has it's, huge- it's just, it's conversion rate is insane. It has a huge pro meta share, I think. Right, right, right. But like the general GP meta share, it's not that popular. Mm. Maybe I've been looking at like day two meta share or something. I just remember it was like the Phoenix decks had absurd share. Like they were definitely like eye-openingly large. And then KCI was like, I think the next biggest chunk. I think the Phoenix numbers are a little bit padded though. All right. If you look at that first um, MTGO kind of meta report, and it was just like, God, what were the numbers? It was like fifty percent of the the decks in the challenge. It's flavor of the week. I mean, yeah. it's good, but it's flavor of the week still. It's got it's riding that high still. I think there's lots of people just kind of sitting in their little Splinter Twin cave, kind of peeking out every time a red <laughs> deck is remotely playable. Too. I mean, I'm one of those people. Like, if I had to play a modern event that I actually cared about anytime soon, I would be just jamming Arclight and getting as many reps in as I could. Yeah. Um, there's one other deck that's actually caught my interest, and that's the um, in testing online this Bant pile. <laughs> uh, we've run into a, a blue red wizards, but it's playing um, 
the new spectacle red card that draws you to what well, exiles to and you can cast them until the end of your next turn i think it's light, like light up the, of the stage. stage yeah it felt a lot like treasure cruise like scarily like treasure cruise actually yeah i saw um, a lot of um black red burn decks they they chain into each other really well just like treasure cruise um the deck just pumped out absurd amounts of damage and drew so many cards in the process um the downside is that they can't really afford to play counter magic in that deck at least main deck because those aren't really good hits off of you know your your light up the stage but they're playing like vapor snag it's like an interactive spell and just a pile of burn you know like kind of like a blue red burn deck basically kind of like what i play in legacy so that's definitely caught my interest yeah i was about to say it sounds like those old uh delver lists when probe was still legal and probe and treasure crews were legal yeah and so that's a little scary um but also a little bit exciting <laughs> as someone who has a a love for blue red decks but uh but yeah arclight is the established as of right now go to blue red deck um it's been super popular it's been putting up a lot of results um i think that deck really stifled um as someone who's kind of looking to pick up the scales deck as a sort of similar viable deck um instead of infect i think that deck really stifled uh the performance of scales kind of recently uh thing in the ice is just not a card you want to see if you're playing um, <laughs> Not even a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so I was, I was talking to some guy about the deck, and it, it's called this Arclight deck, but it's actually a thing in the ice deck mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens to have Arclight in, in it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I think, the power of the deck is that it just has, it only really has three threats, but the three threats are very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all the way, good. They're all good, and they're all different, which is like the way, in the way that you interact with them. Mm-hmm. But they care about the same thing. They think the enablers are the same, which is insane, right? Like, yeah, like attacks from three different directions with the same enablers. Like, what? That's very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, the deck just feels very robust to everything except for its own innate fickleness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can, you know, obviously have issues with your draws and just, you know, spinning your wheels and doing nothing. But it doesn't seem like your opponents have any real powerful hammers they can bring in against you um, mm-hmm. that like just shut off your deck in the way that some of these other really linear decks, you know, like a Stony Silence or Rust in Peace, speed bumps or roadblocks that you have to kind of move out of the way or take care of before you can go about winning the game. Phoenix doesn't really, like, if your opponent Rust in Pieces you, like, yeah, you're sad that your Phoenixes aren't online, but, like, Thing in the Ice and Crackling Drake and Hardcasting phoenixes are still like pretty good yeah it's still if, a viable option <laughs> like if your opponent can afford to pay like play rest in peace they're probably a little bit slower deck so you can like, kind of afford that time they also took a turn off probably to play the rest in peace on you know on two or they're spending some of their mana on a later turn mm-hmm. like I it's not know. that unusual to flip your thing on turn three no not at all which is pretty gross right yeah like how often is your turn going for seven eight on turn three never rarely and and since it's flipped there's no blockers like it's it's guaranteed to have a clean board not guaranteed but nearly enough yeah um it's crazy getting a free seven damage swing if they don't remove it i mean we we might see um fatal push creep a little bit back in popularity yeah i was surprised because of this card i was surprised bolt is getting such a, a big share when 
the shadow decks and the arc light decks are picking up because those decks are bolts just really bad against them yeah like, really i think it hasn't caught on I feel, like a lot of, I feel like the, the changes haven't caught on yet. I think we'll see those shifts kind of in the next few months. Yeah. Um, and we just have these back-to-back modern GPs where a lot of people were sort of afraid to buy into new decks with the whole BNR coming up. And, Definitely. Um, you know, I know a lot of the, the larger Magic channels that I've been part of, everyone is basically saying just play whatever you have in your, you know, that you own right now and just kind of wait until, until February, February. Yeah. Especially with like no giant modern events coming up, you know, mm-hmm. like the next one is LA, right? Yeah, like in March, I believe. Yeah, there's no real reason to innovate until March. There's going to be people doing gross stuff online. The The chat I'm in that's got a lot of the grinders, they're legacy grinders, but some of them also grind modern. And there's been some people that have been really cagey about releasing deck lists, but it sounds like there's a couple people that are like doing the whole four four wins drop thing mm-hmm. um so that's got me a little worried and i'm pretty sure that they're um a light up light up the stage deck it's a red deck i know for sure so mm. that would imply light up the stage i think um just because they're red new and trying to keep it under wraps that strikes me as light up the stage i don't know what other really broken red cards we got i i don't think skewer the critics made that significant of a change so yeah i think red decks are in a pretty good spot i don't know I know one of my friends cashed uh, top 20 at Oakland playing Burn. Yeah, Burn's been not bad, honestly. Um, KCI obviously was not the best against Eidolon itself, but it had answers for Eidolon. But, um, He's bringing four nature's claims, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I think Burn is one of the decks that um, has a positive Phoenix matchup still. I believe that. I guess it depends, right? Like kind of have to be pretty quick out the doors otherwise if you i don't know if you dirtle for too long like you just, you just get caught underneath of these big creatures that you can't really take care of phoenix has really poor ways of interacting with burn sure and yeah. it hurts itself a lot because phoenix actually you know people think blue red deck they think counter spells but phoenix plays like what one main deck is it charm that's it yeah mm-hmm. that was like something i had to like figure out like Oh, like oh, I can just jam shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you can do like bounce a coffin guy, or you know. great. Yeah, awesome. exactly. So and Eidolon just like shrecks you if you can't. Yeah, run Eidolon's it. really okay. good against you. And the thing is, like, you put your thing on the ice, but what are you gonna do? Not block with it? I mean, you block the goblin guy, and then your thing gets searing blazed, and it feels terrible. <laughs> it feels awful. Yeah. But then you just don't block it. And just take the damage and then get Boros Charmed instead? Like, I don't know. Searing Blaze has just been tearing people a new one all since it was printed in these yeah. burn decks. Like, oh, you want to play creatures against me? Cool. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so. God, the worst is playing a Sakura Tribe Elder and getting it Searing Blazed. Can't hit me. Xbox. Oh. Yeah, oh man, we got to do some sweet stuff. We put against an amulet player and just like fucking wrecked him. Uh, we get to like turn two, grow spiral, put in like a land that made white mana, and then like path is <laughs> path is scout. It's like Mwah! delicious. <laughs> Trace <Yes>. me in. <laughs> it felt so good. Ugh. Yeah, it was a fun matchup actually. It was a really long matchup. Um, we didn't really have very many good ways to like keep him from doing what he wanted to 
do, but uh, we also kept him from killing us. So we just like kind of blood each other out, and then playing glacial worm was insane. Was the moral of that story? God, That's a stupid card. <laughs> so good. I don't know what the question is. The penguin worm is the answer. Yeah, this is definitely the answer. The answer is how do I kill my opponent when I have no cards left? Ah, uh, yes. There we go. Oh, I drew this fetch line. What can I do? It's like you always have an extra card in your hand. Yeah. Yeah, it feels. Pr What's crazy is like when we're digging. Normally, like in those control decks, you like don't want to see lands at that point. We're like, "Come on, where's the fetch lands?" <laughs> like, it feels so good having that many more hits in your deck. Like Jace, Teferi, a glittering wish, yeah, Worm are just like all like, colonnade, just like all fucking slam dunks at that point in the game. It just feels really good. Cryptic is insane. Snap is insane. Usually, like, oh. I do regret that you can't snap Glittering Wish. That is like sad times. There is no point where you can, right? There is no, no it's just gone. It never hits gone. the yard. They yeah. can't extract it. You can't snap it. It just as Oof. part of resolving it, it can get processed by your opponent back <sighs> into your grave. Oh man, is this a combo? <laughs> Give your opponent a process like herder to your glittering which is back in your graveyard this <laughs> seems like a mistake does enter the either target your opponents enter i don't even know what that does enter the aether it's the um famous uh what's it called narset cannon card oh okay of course let's see it doesn't even come up enter the aether i think that's what it's called didn't come up enter the infinite oh, oh what is it Enter the infinite wow that's a doozy isn't that a 12 minute card no not enter the infinite what's the Phew. yeah infinite, infinite 12 mana draw cards equal to the number of cards in your library then put a card from your hand on top of your library you have no maximum hand size until your next turn <laughs> don't just have an idea have all of them have all of them that card's sweet. That card's the Wincon in my legacy deck. God. I don't know how that deck wins. You just draw your deck. What do you mean? You I find mean, a way. Still, still don't know how to win. Man. That deck did me a, did me a confuse. Uh, shout out to Watsy for giving a shout out to Amy the Titan in the write-up. <laughs> <laughs> says, Ancient uh, String supports decks that look very different from a simple collection of the strongest read cards. That otherwise may not exist. The recent resurgence of a new generation of Amulet Titan decks is a good example of this. See, Amulet Titan? It's a good example. Pull from Eternity was the card I was thinking of. Pull from Eternity. I saw Caleb Durward. Uh, is it Durward or Durwald? I always forget. Anyways, he was playing it in a, um, a Through the Breach deck and he was casting like Fury of the Hordes. <laughs> and he was. Oh, he was playing Serum Powder. That's right. He was serum powder it is it was a gorio's vengeance serum powder deck with fury of the horde and you would pull from eternity the crap that you powdered into your yard as your enabler for your <laughs> to put your fatty back into the yard basically no that, yeah that's the narset cannon deck he wasn't playing narset though he's not playing narset well he's no. playing the worst version of that deck then i mean this is a long time ago he's playing fury of the horde which was pretty sweet <laughs> The, the Narset Cannon deck, if you're not familiar, is you, you try to Serum Powder away a Narset, and then on the draw, or, or on the draw, you exile it to your Gemstone Cavern, or Gemstone Mine. Um, cavern. 
Cavern, yeah, Tombstone Cavern. That way you can turn one on your opponent's turn, pull from an eternity it back into the graveyard, untap land Gorio's Vengeance, back your Narset. Attack with Narset. Attack put with Omniscience Narset. into play. Yeah, put an, put an Omniscience into play somehow, enter the infinite, draw your deck. And then win, <laughs> win that <laughs> way. With how? How you. With, what are lots you of want? cards. How can with all the card in your hand. And, you and you fury the yeah you play four fury the heart of the horde ha so you attack again wow yeah you, you just keep attacking okay wow. okay I mean okay. you could even just play a bunch of lava axes like it probably doesn't really matter <sighs> oh that's a doozy well I guess on that note <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about our slot of the week which is our deck on deck. What card or deck are you totally hide for right now? Chris, we'll start with you. Oh man, I'm ready for this this bant pile. I actually uh, wasn't really around for the initial testing of said bant pile. You birthed but... it, but you have not you have not uh, raised it. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, an absent father. <laughs> I'm coming back after uh, being away, seeing how much it's grown. He has a lot of changes since you uh, were involved. <laughs> That's yeah, weird. I, I, I don't know. I just always really liked the, the stupid glittering wish control deck, and now it's that, but so much more. You just have to you have to like bamboozle your friends into like refining the deck for you. That's that's the key. <laughs> that's yeah, how you deck, really succeed. Deck looks like a sweet, sweet, sweet pile. Magical cards. Man, there's just so many cards on the board that like your opponents can't beat like what is what does a rock deck do against a, a game one sigarda i mean what does a rock deck do against like a game two sigarda damnation <laughs> not a lot more hope, than they had game one hope it resolves like and no one's even playing damnation right now in, in rock like do you play the uh what is it wheel of sun and moon for that dredge matchup yes but we can't find any that card <laughs> doesn't exist so we found we found one panglacial worm you thought that card was hard. We found zero Wheel of Sun and Moon. Just none. All, all, just... Of the, all the doubling season players are hoarding them. Ugh. Yeah, I, I was telling, uh, I think I was telling Kevin, like, I was like, we gotta hit up the EDH players to find some of this shit. Like, they're gonna have the trash. Like, Well, Wheel of Sun and Moon was that finisher in that terrible modern deck for a while. <laughs> that terrible modern deck? Which terrible modern deck? Uh, you doubling season play There's so many. <laughs> No, you play the Jace, uh, the one that tutors a, the card out of your library and your opponent's library. Oh, because, thought, thought. because four cards wasn't good enough. You just need to have all of them. Yeah, so so you you have the Wheel of Sudden Moon, so then you you always get the Jace back. <laughs> and then you, you tutor every non-land card out of your opponent's library and cast those. Wow. All wow. of them. All of sounds, them. Every single one. Wow. That sounds slow. Slow. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's Craigan's Burn. You just, you just bolt them six times. Wait, I'm missing something here. Don't you play you Doubling like... Season. Yeah. Then you play Jace Architect of Thought. Yeah. You ultimate it. Because of Doubling yeah. Season, you immediately ultimate it. Uh-huh. You get two cards, though. You get, yeah, you, for, from your own library, you get a Jace Architect of Thought. Oh. From your opponent's library, you get the you first want. card in their deck that's not a land. You repeat until you have all of your opponent's deck. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The deck was an amazing tier 17 modern deck for a that hot second. It's a fucking pile. 
<laughs> Sounds worse than uh, Retreat Amulet, if I'm honest. That's bad. Quick thought of that. That's like a fever dream. Okay. <laughs> the deck destroyed Jund. <laughs> Model planeswalkers. <laughs> what the hell? Couldn't couldn't I guess you can't abrupt decay a Jace or a or you can't thought seize them all. <laughs> I guess you can abrupt decay a wheel of sun and moon, but wow. Ooh. No, someone someone played that at channel for a while. Of course. It was just like turn one inquisition and their hand was like doubling season. The Ajani that gains you hundred life. Uh Mentor of Heroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought about that for this deck. Like two Jaces and like a bunch of lands, and they're just like, uh, <laughs> uh What? <laughs> Let me write this down real quick. Wow. So John, what about you? Do you uh what do you what are you doing this week? Well, uh, as these, these upcoming weeks. No one is surprised, I'm sure, to hear that I also am super hyped about this Bant pile. Um, so I'll be playing that. But uh, I'm also super hyped about Swan still, even though I took that uh back back breaking. I don't even think breaking is a good enough word, just back obliterating <laughs> 08 FNM loss. Um I'm picking up more and more signed cards for the deck. It's becoming closer and closer to being uh, signed swans. Talk about an addiction, man. Oh, You're yeah. the one with the problem. Yes. It's <laughs> good. 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 I have some cards from MKM coming sometime this week, I think. So that's exciting. Obsessed. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm still I'm still on board swans. I I'm I'm still a believer. Hopefully a, some a bird some, you, a, a bird lever. A bird uh hopefully uh hopefully some of our listeners who are swans converts uh will uh will join the discord because right now it's just all the all the amulet fanboys and i'm i'm so lonely chris chris and steven get to talk (laughs) of all these all these people who love amulet and it's all you know it's sunshine and rainbows and sakura tribe scouts and yo i didn't even uh, speaking of i didn't even know there were like different versions of amulet that we could be playing I thought there was like one obvious choice of amulet that is like the only build, and then everybody I mean, starts. That's Chris's seventy-five. But I mean, everybody <laughs> starts talking about like white amulet and black amulet, and I'm like, what? Yeah. You I mean, mean amulet but privilege and blamulet? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Ugh. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can get some. Some swans homies up in this uh this chat, so I don't have to tell you, John. I mean, when I posted that uh that article like two years ago, it blew up. Oh man, yeah. It was a so popular ago. on Reddit. Yeah. Like it was the like hundred and twenty nine uploads on spikes, on our spikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was like multiple people that were like, Oh my god, this deck is sweet, I'm gonna build this deck. So I mean they're they're out there. So you know what you know what, you know what the real reason is is like Spikes is still full of people who love fucking awful terrible jank, <laughs> but they have standards. But you you see outside of the Spikes subreddit, there's like you know when you go on like a, a arcade ride, I don't know, arcade a, a carnival ride, and there's that you must be this tall to ride sign. Well, to post on that subreddit and get like attention, it's like the you you must have won at least this level of event, and winning a PPTQ definitely is like taller than required so it's, it's above the bar everybody got to got to indulge in some fucking trash and they were super <laughs> excited about it this is what happened yeah holy crap 
like you've like posted tournament reports for like elves and other stuff and everyone's like yeah that's like top four of a like what 300 person ptq that you had to be literally undefeated to make top eight nah (laughs) but swans screw that but swans but swans though first place in a 54 man pptq Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah, you got way more traction than uh my RTPQ write up did. <laughs> yeah. I'm just here the like spice. you know, going to the Pro Tour with this deck that's not considered like tier one viable anymore. Nope, nope, swans. 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 I bet like, I bet if Yuki did like a PPTQ winning like out the middle of nowhere in Washington, he'd get more traction than I got. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. I mean, for some reference, what I, I also wrote an article after I won the PPTQ with Amulet, and it was like half as popular. Crickets. <laughs> it was like there was interest on, on Modern Magic. Spikes did give a fuck about Amulet. Yeah, there anyway. was interest. There just wasn't. You run that uh, one back now, and there'd be a lot more interest. I feel like, but back then, people were like, "That deck got banned. It's banned. yeah." And that's how I knew about the the Narset Cannon deck I was just talking about. It was on the front page of Spikes because some guy went four zero at FNM with it. What? Oh my god! I guess like is it in Spikes? Is it like inversely proportional? Like the spicier the deck is, the lower the bar it has to pass. Basically, <laughs> I mean, like, one at, one the PT with you know KCI. Eh. Yeah, Mad Master, my turn report of first place is GP. Eh. That's cool, I guess. And it's like, oh, top eight of GP playing Valakut. Valakut? <laughs> Ooh. Uh. Ooh. God, I hate that deck. Anyways. So, so Max, uh, are you... So, aside from from your normal testing, or maybe in, in conjunction with your testing for... For this pro tour, do you have anything that you're totally excited for, like super pumped to play with, or see, or do in Magic? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm super hyped about the uh, the Gruel deck. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm dubious that it'll be what I take to the pro tour, but in the meantime, I am gonna try and just build it and just kind of jam some standard uh, in real life with it. Uh, just kind of get that rhythm of the wild going. Um. If I wasn't testing for the Pro Tour, I would definitely be playing the Gruel, um, less competitive version where you play Experimental Frenzy and yes. play the Azusa Dinosaur <laughs> and yes. the Giant Bane Fires. That deck God, that, is, that card is bad in Modern. Oh, that deck is so sweet, though, in Standard. Oh. I don't think it's very good, but it is very sweet, and I would definitely be playing it. So someone else should play it for me. <laughs> let's be real you'd uh we'd be shipping you this uh bant pokemon list if you were uh modern right oh my god I, I, I can't believe we almost made it the whole the, the whole episode without me talking about that fucking amulet breach titan deck list <laughs> uh but you wait, reminded what? me by referencing the dinosaur so yeah, we have thank you and i'm sure the listeners will thank you as well <laughs> Wait. I'm just gonna go on a very short tirade here. <laughs> so I've never seen such a shit deck in my so, life. Okay, so this this deck won an deck SCG win? open. Oh, an open. It won an open like what, Worcester? Not a classic, an open. Worcester. It beat two Arclight decks in the quarterfinals and the finals to get there. 
Like, the top four was three Arclight decks and this. And this one. If this a deck plus. was a person, I don't think they'd be fit to live alone without medical assistance. <laughs> like, So, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of you don't really know exactly the list that I'm referring to. But imagine a normal Amulet Titan deck list. If okay. you can imagine such a thing. Okay. And you take all of the one-drop snakes, and you mm -hmm. take them out of the deck. <laughs> Alright. I'm with you so far. And instead, you put in these three-mana dinosaurs. Alright, you lost me. <laughs> three dinosaurs. What, what, but, but, Chris, there's four snakes. Ah, yes. The fourth snake has been replaced by the other modern staple, Coalition Relic. <laughs> also a three-drop. Oh, Coalition Relic. That's... That's the best card that they've added to the deck, by the way. That's, that's oh, that card is far, that card is much better than Wayward Swordtooth. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that right now, easily. Um, what else? Oh yeah, you're also playing four copies of Through the Breach, as I've alluded to, because you're playing Through the Breach. Why would you ever play less than four copies of that card if you're going to play any at all? And because you're playing Through the Breach, you have to play an obligatory minimum of two Emrakul the Eons Torns. Makes sense. Of course. Mandatory. Well, you, can, you, can, you can cast it, so you're playing all these wayward Sabertooths, right? Yeah, and you can find a miracle off of Stirrings. So good. <laughs> it's colorless. <laughs> oh, what else? Oh, so the, the idea is that you can entwine your opponent with a through-the-breached titan with one amulet. <laughs> right? So no double amulet needed for 20 damage, because you're playing teetering peaks in your deck now. <laughs> and you... So you, you, you go breach your titan and you get double strike land actually no. It doesn't really matter. You used to get like double strike land teetering peaks. You attack with your titan and you get crumbling vestige Vesuva copying teetering peaks. And then you give it double strike and just twenty your opponent. Yeet. Sounds cool, right? Easy. So I look at this deck and I think it's an egregious pile. But um, in the Amulet Discord, and there's also a Facebook chat with uh, good old Francisco. Um, he streams Amulet quite uh, pretty, very frequently. He's like, well, to dismiss it without trying it, I think, is a bad mindset. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, so I, I, you know, burned some ticks, bought some breaches, uh, mismatched, by the way. Excellent. And decided to give it a whirl online. Played about 10 matches, and I could only describe the deck to John as aggressively bad. <laughs> like, the idea is, I, I guess, like, it's the same as all the other Through the Breach versions we've had in the past. It's, it's a less consistent, more all-in, faster combo deck. Mm -hmm. But god, I felt terrible. Uh, it's like, you just cut all the one mana ramp in your deck, so... If you have a game where you don't start on turn one amulet, your hand is just glacial. And it feels terrible. I had at least three games where I had the opportunity, or actually did, through the region Emerald and lost. Oh, hey, yes. Yeah. We, uh, we uh, breached Emerald against uh, Esper Daddies, right? Yeah. And it, we died. They had no permanents. <laughs> but they'd already, they'd already Gorios the Daddy before we. we Killed all their lands and stuff. And uh, let me tell you, Ob's Daddy uh, slaps pretty hard. <laughs> yep. Uh, God. That's frustrating. Like, honestly, Coalition Relic is the best innovation that I saw in that list. 
and I don't think it's good. You don't like Wayward Swordtooth? We ascended so quickly that one time. You literally never ascend. That what? That one time. Literally never. Because <laughs> you think about it, and it's like, oh man, we have so much mana. You're right. Because our lands make two mana each, which means we don't have that many lands in play. <laughs> Ten permanence is a lot of permanence. Quite a lot of permanence. But you just need like an Azusa and a dinosaur and you're good. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. No lands. <laughs> God. <laughs> Your hand is is literally like <clears throat> like all land, Azusa and Dinosaur, and then your next like five draws is just lands. There you go. You ascended. I think I won most <laughs> of my game twos by boarding all the through the breaches out of the deck. Yeah, that's how mafia works. Yep. <laughs> what a great meme. <laughs> you should uh, you should put that one in your back pocket, Chris, for uh BMing someone on Modo. That's how amulet works. Good god. Uh next time uh you have someone that says you can't do that. <laughs> Sign of it in a GP. He can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> but it's also just a perfect lead into the that's where you're wrong, kiddo meme. <laughs> it, really is. it really is. Like finger gun. Uh, all right. Who have we? Uh, right, not... I'm, I'm done complaining. You're done? Okay. <laughs> oh. Complaints ceased. Who else is? Uh, ex- we haven't talked about Steven. Steven, what's your. What's your hyper exciting, super awesome slot slash deck of the uh, episode? Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking on like the I'm kind of looking on the the finance side of stuff for these upcoming weeks. I'm paying attention to Mox Opal and seeing what they do. Uh, just off of like just off of today, I've already seen, you know, four or five playsets on sale through Facebook. You know why they call it a mana rock? Why? Because the price drops like oh, a rock. Oh my gosh, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the actual worst. Um but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see to see what Mox Opal does yeah. in, in the upcoming days. That um, joke was aggressively bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm also interested to see what uh, Stoneforge Mystic does in these next couple weeks because it doubled right before, uh, right before the uh, the 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 BNR list, and same thing happened last time. And I'm the just pr- curious to see how far it drops now. The price history on that card looks like a saw. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> like, exactly. Zit, zit, zit. It's like, uh, BNR, nope. BNR, nope. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, essentially, I think I think the next the next time it hits like the like the fifteen to twenty dollar range is probably when I'm gonna pick up another playset because another. well yeah I used to have them and then I sold them oh. and then I built amulet uh, and then you I haven't looked back Stoneforge Mystics you have yeah, amulet exactly you need no other in your life yeah I mean I got rid of that legacy deck it was just like it was burning a hole in my my backpack and didn't ever play it and was kind of just, I don't know. And, oh and that was around the time that stoneforge mystic was predicted to to get unbanned for the first time in a while and so they were like at 
25 30 bucks and i was like yeah this is a good time to get out he did those bad boys to some vendor yeah uh you know if you want to play some batter schools in modern you could just play one in ambulance uh you know i or in I, swans i was i was playing i was playing one batter school in amulet when i didn't have uh when i couldn't find my hive minds you know you haven't lived until you've attacked your Dorn opponent with a titan equipped with a batter school <laughs> dude i i had a game with swans where i put in uh snapcaster end of turn and i had i think i had a swan and then i played and equipped a batter school the same turn oh <laughs> just slapped him for 10 out of nowhere slaughter him jeez <laughs> uh you know mostly i just want stoneforge mystic to be unbanned so i can see what it'll do to the format like i don't even care if it's super bro- broken and they ban it the next like <laughs> like they emergency ban it what's that the magic conch shell in spongebob where they like pull it and it's like nothing it <laughs> <laughs> <No>. does nothing <laughs> Um, like, is going to work the format? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, like I just I don't see it. I don't see it breaking format, and I don't see it like being super overpowered. And I don't know. I don't. I just want it to be in banned. It seems yeah. like a fun card to play around with. Four four lifelinkers on what turn three at the soonest. Well, they're really gonna oh, they're gonna unban it, and then the next PNR they're gonna reban it huh. because it, it didn't affect the format. <laughs> Just like Golgari Grave Troll. You get a lifelinking hollow one that can attack on turn four? Yeah, but there's so much <laughs> removal. Like That's what I mean. Like it's so slow. This <laughs> is like like alright, cool, I'm gonna fatal push a germ. Let's move on. John just wants to play Cobblade. Yes. Yeah. God. So in the in the deck design phase for Bant Pokemon, I was like Someone, I think Kevin mentioned Squadron Hawk like facetiously, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I need it. Because originally we were like, oh Jam man, Squadron four. Hawk, search your library, get three more Squadron Hawks, and pay, play this Pan Glacial Worm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I like actually started jotting out like a, a you know, a Cobblade list in the margins of our other deck list. Ridiculous. Like anticipating Stoneforge unban. That's so funny. Yeah. That card synergizes with Terminus. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Put these bad boys back in. The sword sticks around. A plus. A plus. That's wood, just good deck building. Wood feast and famine again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. You know, I think that that about wraps us up for this week. We did Max already. Didn't we? I thought we did. Did we do you Max? Uh. Yes. I want other people to play that deck. You want me to talk hey, about talk modern? About, talk about Golgari. Golgari? What about it? You said you were excited to play the Golgari. Gruel. 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 Not Gruel, then die. Gruel. Is this a junt? <laughs> no. I, I do have my um my junt deck sitting on my on my desk for when I do play modern. Uh, you have with my, I have I, I don't know. I said I have a junt deck. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. With my four foil uh soul flares we played against that deck <laughs> with bant pokemon what? speaking and of aggressively bad decks <laughs> it couldn't win they had no outs just none literally no outs you know what's really good against that deck 
plasm capture. (laughs) Good thing I have four savage summonings in my sideboard. That's a doozy. I was playing that in in Amulet for a while because I couldn't find a counterspell or something. Savage summoning. Oh man, why play Pact of Negation when you can just make it uncounterable? Oh, that's what it was. I couldn't afford. I couldn't afford another pact or something like that. Oh, just cavern. like probably a cavern. cavern souls. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this will this will do it. Cavern is basically the same thing. This the, the stock list of that deck plays a cavern souls. Cavern soul name demon. We had that happen. Gross. Anyway, that about wraps us up for this episode. Thank you for checking us out and sticking around till the very end. Uh, please head over to. Uh, patreon.com forward slash mtg complex uh donate if you can it'd be great it'd be fantastic you get discord and uh we're always in discord kind of chatting away so it would be great to to virtually meet some more of you guys um you can also head over to mgcomplex.com for more content uh you can find us on facebook twitter and youtube under that same name mg complex and if you have any suggestions or comments you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms or go into our Discord and message us directly. Um, that's an option. I'll give you uh, bad deck lists in return. There you go. Or Some bad in- Incentive. Sometimes they're the same thing. Hope donate so that John can build a foil soul player. Again, we really do appreciate you guys sticking around to the brand. And we hope join us in the next one. Later. Bye.